BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome. This is Wacky Wednesday here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. I'm Adam Best here with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and producer Richard doing his thing behind the scenes. Got a packed show today. Great guest here to talk Jacksonville Jaguars. This this week's big matchup, a rematch from last year's playoffs. And then Sterling and I will play a game of the popular Casey stock market and we'll fit in a little hot take kingdom. But before that, we have a little bit of business. Chiefs fans, NFL fans, anyone listening, PointsBet Sportsbook is running a new betting promo that you do not want to miss. For a limited time, new users can sign up and place a $50 bet to receive $150 promotional credit at fanatics.com. Even if that first bet loses, you will still receive the $150 credit that you can use to purchase a new jersey, some t-shirts, anything you want at fanatics.com. To claim this offer, go to arrowheadedict.com forward slash bets by scanning the QR code on screen or by clicking the link in the description. Sign up for points bet through our link to make sure you receive your $150 credit. That's arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets. This offer is available until September 18th to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Before we dive in, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. Chiefs are 0-1-1. But they're about to be one and one, baby. I cannot wait. Yeah, and and Voltron is about to like fully form, right? We weren't really the real Chiefs last week. No, no excuses. Credit to the Lions, but you know we were missing two future Hall of Famers. Now it feels like the actual season is going to start, and we've got a great guest to uh, help us look at this Week Two matchup. Let's welcome on Jordan DeLugo from Generation Jaguar. Jordan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, y'all. I remember when Fanatics was just a little shop in the Avenues Mall here in Jacksonville. Now it's the official uh, licensing partner of the NFL. Wow. Unbelievable yeah, I, stuff. I remember when they were kind of a small fries, too. It's crazy how they've yeah. grown. It's the glow up, baby. Yeah. That's right. So we have six questions for you. Let's crack open that six pack. First, 
do you expect stud guard Brandon Scherf, who's dealing with an ankle injury, to play this weekend? And either way, how will that injury affect the matchup uh, for that interior offensive line with Chris Jones in particular? Yeah, I think it's completely up in the air at this point. I don't think the Jaguars know if he's going to play. But this is a guy who gutted it out last year with a bunch of injuries he was he was playing through. So I think if he can, he will. Uh, you've also got the Jaguars center, Luke Fortner, who has an ankle injury, did not participate in practice today either. So it's definitely some issues, some concerns there on the interior of the offensive line for the Jaguars. Will it be an impact? Yeah. I mean, I think if you don't have your starters going up against Chris Jones, regardless of how many snaps he plays or how much, you know, how ready he is for this game, he's still Chris Jones. He's going to be a, a matchup problem on the interior. And the Jaguars just got done playing uh, the Indianapolis Colts. They were able to win that game on the road. But DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, they both played very well against the Jaguars interior, both against the run and trying to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, I think it's a major factor. Don't know if he will play. If he can play, though, he absolutely will. Like, if there's any way he can get out on that field, Brandon Sheriff's out there. He's a team captain. He's tough as nails. But at this point, too early to say. In regards to the offensive line as a whole, obviously the Jaguars felt comfortable enough to let Juwan Taylor walk. Was that a case of, you know, they had someone waiting in the in the wings for, for to fill in for Juwan Taylor? Or was this a case of they just weren't going to give Juwan Taylor that much money? That was just too rich for their taste. I think it's the latter, quite frankly. I think that they would have liked to keep Jawan Taylor in a perfect world, but I don't think that they valued him at $20 million per year. I don't think a lot of teams did. I think the Chiefs were kind of out there on an island with that valuation, and no disrespect to Jawan Taylor at all. I think he had a tremendous year for the Jaguars. I think he's a scheme fit. You know, Andy Reid, obviously the you know, mentor of Doug Peterson, very similar offenses. So I think Jawan Taylor was a, a smart fit for the Chiefs, but I just don't think the Jaguars were looking to uh, spend $20 million on on their right tackle there. Uh, you mentioned an island, and I want to talk about the island of misfit toys that were misused in other places, and I'm talking about the Jaguars' wide receivers. You know, Christian Kirk was out there in Arizona, never took off, then last year came to the Jacksonville Jaguars, had a phenomenal year. Calvin Ridley was pretty good for Atlanta, and then he had a little bit of those betting issues, some off-the-field stuff going on where he wasn't no one really knew what was happening with Calvin Ridley and then you see one game in okay the talent is still there even Evan Ingram to an extent right the tight end from from uh, uh the Giants you saw some talent but wasn't used correctly in New York now he's in Jacksonville a great year last season H how has Jacksonville used the island of misfit receiving toys and just what do you expect from them this season yeah well I think when you look at all those guys they did have flashes in their their previous homes but they didn't quite have everything put together around them. And I think you look at Doug Peterson, I think you can put it squarely on his shoulders. The fact that these guys all came in and all had a, a role that made sense for their skill set. And he's able to teach at an extremely high level. He's able to game plan at a high level, draw things up for these guys. And I think that each one of them within this offense has a perfect situation. And then they've got Trevor Lawrence throwing them the football, which always helps as well. You know, obviously going into year two last year, year one in Doug Peterson's system, it took a little while for things to get going. But then you, you have all the success down the stretch with Kirk, with Zay Jones, with Evan Ingram, and then you drop Calvin in there, like y'all said. I, th I think that they're all extremely talented. They were all 
guys that were highly valued in the draft. They have the athleticism, the skill set. It just didn't quite work out at their their previous stops. And obviously, Calvin Ridley, I mean, it worked out for him in Atlanta when he was on the field. He was extremely effective. There was just the off-the-field situations going on there. And no one's going to blame Zay Jones for not working out with the Raiders. Right. Uh, that, that problem is... <laughs> is a regular occurrence there and in Vegas, Oakland, Los Angeles, no matter where the Raiders are there, that problem is you spoke about Doug Peterson and obviously he and Andy Reid know each other about as well as two head coaches can know each other. How do you think that will impact this matchup? Yeah, I think that is a huge part of it. I also just think the fact that the Jaguars went into Arrowhead last year and lost twice, you know, once in the playoffs in the divisional round, I think that that matters to these players, to these coaches and they can, you know, give you all the coach speak they want this week about saying it's just a week two matchup, but it's not just a week two matchup. They 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 take this personal. And Josh Allen, the Jaguars pass rusher, he did say he's taking it personal. He said he was not at his best in the first two matchups last year and that he really does want to uh, have a much better game in this one. So I think it will matter. I think Doug Peterson obviously knows that he has not beaten Andy Reid since they've been going head to head against each other. Uh, I think it matters. Will it matter from an X's and O's standpoint? You know, yeah, they both know each other very well. They know what each other likes to do. Doug Peterson's scheme comes from Andy Reid's scheme, uh, but both have grown and added to their repertoire, their playbook, um, their arsenals since they've been apart as well. In regards to Doug Peterson, I've been a huge Doug Peterson supporter. Um, you know, I always thought he got a little unfairly treated in Philly, but that's also just how Philly operates, right? The, yep. the, if you aren't doing anything this year, doesn't matter if you won the Super Bowl, you, you do something they, they deem is wrong, you are out. I think Jacksonville did a great job bringing him in. Was he your top pick when Doug Peterson was on the open market, or did you have someone else in mind? Because to me, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and Jacksonville in general seem like an absolute perfect fit. Yeah, we can definitely go back and check the receipts. For me, it was him and Jim Caldwell. Obviously, Doug Peterson was younger, hadn't had the health issues, had been in head coaching uh, more recently. So I think he made the most sense. A lot of people were on the Byron Leftwich train, which I was fine with at the time. I think looking back at that, you're glad that you got Doug Peterson instead of Byron Leftwich. Um, a little nostalgia play for for Jaguars people there with Byron being their old quarterback. But yeah, I, I can't believe that Doug Peterson was one of the last coaches hired in that cycle. He should have been the first head coach hired in that cycle. To me, when you look at his ability to lead, his ability to teach effectively, to to be an offensive mastermind, took his team to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they they went to the playoffs in three or five years. I just think that Doug Peterson, um, the Jaguars were incredibly fortunate to land him when they did. Yeah, you can uh, thank our friends over in Denver for hiring Nathaniel Hackett. I think is yeah. part of that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. 
Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In regards to the 2022 first overall draft pick, Trayvon Walker, is the light starting to come on for him? Is he still a work in progress? What are expectations for this former first overall draft pick? I'd say yes to both, right? I, I do think he's still a work in progress, but that was to be expected. A guy coming out of Georgia did not have a big pass rush repertoire coming out, was not asked to develop a big pass rush repertoire at Georgia. That's just kind of how things go with their defensive system. Uh, but yeah, I think the light is coming on. He's an incredible athlete. He's really, he's like a monster out there when you look at him with his size, his length, his athleticism. And uh, I think you're starting to see some of those pass rush moves um, starting to hit a little bit more frequently for Trayvon Walker going into year two. You know, a guy being, you know, he wasn't, thought of as the top player at Georgia heading into the 2021 campaign, right? And then he gets drafted. He skyrockets up draft boards with his athleticism, goes first overall. I don't think that expectations should have been super high for him in year one, but now in year two, expectations are high. He comes in, he has a very good game against uh, the Indianapolis Colts in week one, and he's an ascending player. I think there's no doubt about that in my mind. Were you in Jacksonville fans surprised he went first overall? Because to me, that was a surprise. I, I know that he was, you know, just, just going crazy up those draft boards. But as you mentioned, you didn't see a ton of the pass rush moves at Georgia. It was not needed. Uh, he might not have even been the best player at Georgia because that defense was so stacked. You, you talk time and time again, at least I do. It's so difficult to tell who was really that good at Georgia because everyone is that good at Georgia. It's really difficult to see who really stands out. Were you surprised that he was the first overall draft pick going to Jacksonville? For me, I think that as the days leading up to the draft, kind of it became more and more clear that they were targeting Trayvon Walker. But for me, I, I did not value him at number one overall. I thought he should have been a first-round pick probably in the teens somewhere. But uh, that's simply because 
there was a lot of projection when it came to what he was going to bring to the football field. And a lot of drafters, Trent Baalke for one, Jaguars GM, they value their projection. And he projected Trayvon Walker to become a star pass rusher, a star edge player in their defense. And again, based on the traits, based on the player, the person that he is, uh, for me, I would have definitely been, if you're taking a pass rusher, go Aiden Hutchinson. But uh, I think it, it it's way too early to judge these two players. They're, they're not what they will be. And I think that Trayvon Walker is starting. As you mentioned, the light is starting to turn on for him. And I think he is going to be a very good player in this league. Aiden Hutchinson, that's kind of a sore spot with us Chiefs fans <laughs> after last week. So we'll yeah. move on very quickly from that. So we all know about Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, the stars of this team, Calvin Ridley as well. But who are some X factors from the roster that opposing fans might be sleeping on? Maybe give us two or three names. Yeah, I mean, I think Zay Jones is a guy that just naturally gets overlooked because you have Calvin Ridley, you have Christian Kirk, you have all these names. Um, but he's a guy that is going to be asked, not ne- not every week, but in, in many weeks, to be a key part of the Jaguars' passing attack. He was last week. He had an awesome touchdown in the back of the end zone. He was able to uh, extend for the football and get his body down in bounds. Great throw by Trevor. Great catch by Zay. I think he's a guy that you can definitely watch for. Uh, Christian Kirk is a bigger name, but he didn't really do much last week. I think that they may look to uh, aggressively target him because they've got all these mouths to feed. They're going to want to not have Christian Kirk having like a multi-game slump with how much they're paying him. And it'll depend obviously on the matchups as well. You know, is Trent McDuffie lined up in the slot or is he trying to cover Calvin Ridley a little bit more? How's that going to play out? Um, I think if you get more attention on Calvin Ridley, then Christian Kirk could definitely have a huge day. And Christian Kirk will want to have a huge day because he had a couple miscues in both matchups against the Chiefs. Um, in 2022, he had big games in both of those games, but he had a couple of miscues that I think really hurt the Jaguars' chances of winning. So I, I would definitely be looking at Christian Kirk, definitely be looking at Zay Jones. I think you'd also talk about Tank Bigsby, the second round pick, uh, or the third round pick, excuse me, out of Auburn, a guy who had two two turnovers last week, essentially. He dropped a pass that got intercepted, and then he uh, picked up a Trevor Lawrence fumble, and he thought the play was dead. The play wasn't dead. Uh, the the Colts ended up returning it for a touchdown to Forrest Buckner did. But uh, the Jaguars went right back to the well with him. Um, they gave him the ball three straight times after that. And he ended up scoring a touchdown in that game. So I think you could be looking at Tank Bigsby. And Britton Strange is a player not a lot of people know. Second round pick out of Penn State. He's not their starting tight end. But when he's in the game, he makes a physical impact. And he's somebody that you'll want to watch just because if you if you like to see big impacts out on the football field, Britton Strange, he will bring the physicality. He's going to try to be pushing uh, some Chiefs around. We'll see if he's able to do that in week two. Yeah, you better believe I drafted Britton Strange in my dynasty league. You better believe that that was a late round stash right there. Uh, Yeah, 12 personnel. You know, we we know Andy Reid loves his 12 and 13 personnel. If Jacksonville with, again, Doug Peterson, the protege right there, trying to run a little bit from his playbooks and 12 personnel, having Strange and Evan Ingram on the field at the same time, that is a fairly dangerous matchup that uh, that Jacksonville does have just based on personnel wise Mm -hmm. is the issue there though that you pull christian kirk off the field uh that was kind of my one of the things i wondered with adding ridley to this receiver room because i think zay jones and ridley are both better fits outside kirk has a natural fit inside in the slot but does that limit his complement of of snaps to some extent i think in certain matchups absolutely 
I think there's no question about it just because the Jaguars are more multiple. They have two legitimate outside receivers now. You know, Christian Kirk, he's not going to be lined up as much on the outside, as you mentioned. I think that was a great point with Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley, but they're still going to be in 11 personnel a lot. They'll still have three wide receivers out there a ton, sometimes four. Um, I think Doug Peterson has a very diverse uh, personnel packages that he can get to, and so it'll just depend on the matchup. Doug Peterson talked about one of their goals, one of the things they want to be their offensive identity this year is fluidity, the the ability to, to change the looks, to change um, the reads, to change all that stuff uh, from drive to drive, down to down, week to week. What is your prediction for the game on Sunday? I would like to hear a score, uh, maybe a star of the game, just your overall flow of how this plays out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a tough one to predict because you don't know really where Travis Kelsey is at. Like, is he going to go out there and be the dominant all pro Hall of Fame, you know, best tight end of all time type of guy? Or is he just going to be a shell of himself? We're not sure. And Chris Jones as well, I imagine he's in great shape, but he hasn't been playing football for the last couple months like these guys have. So uh, where's he at? So for me, it's difficult. If you get those two guys at their best, I think you easily take the Chiefs. But you've also got the factor that the Jags are at home. They have gonna, they're going to have their home their home fans behind them in this one. I think it'll be a raucous crowd. It's a tough one to predict for me. I, I think the Chiefs coming off a loss are much more dangerous, right? They're always extremely dangerous, but you do not want to be playing the Chiefs after they lose in week one, the first time they've lost in week one under uh, or with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So it's a tough one. You know, I think it's a coin flip for me. I do think it'll be a really good matchup. I think both quarterbacks will star in this game. I think you will see Patrick Mahomes, you know, the quarterback one in this league, the best quarterback I've seen in a really long time up against, you know, maybe third, fourth, fifth best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, he's definitely up there with Trevor Lawrence. So I think both those those guys are going to star. I think they will hit the over in this one, even though it's going to be a really, really hot day out there. going to be about 90 degrees. going to be a lot of fans out there going crazy. I think they'll hit the over. I think it'll be uh, Mahomes and, and Lawrence. I will take the Jags coin flip, you know, 30 to 27. How about that? But mm-hmm. I, I very easily think that the Chiefs could win this one. I think... If I wasn't in Jacksonville, I probably would be picking the Chiefs to win this one. But uh, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> you know, I got to appease the hometown fans. And I do think there are some factors that favor the Jaguars, right? Chris Jones not having played yet this year. Travis Kelsey having the, the knee injury that's going on right now. So we'll see how it plays out. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Sure. You're still kind of catching us at the right moment. Maybe not as fortunate as Detroit was, but right. still a good time to play us. Jordan, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll definitely have you back and good luck to you and the Jaguars this weekend. Yeah, maybe in the playoffs. Oh. Round two. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, up, I really man. appreciate y'all having me on. Well, let's hope it's the same matchup in the playoffs, but the same result as well with the Chiefs coming out on top. I wouldn't complain about that. No, I wouldn't either. One thing that I thought was very interesting was when he was talking about Tank Bigsby, the mm-hmm. rookie running back from Auburn. And he said, after a turnover, Doug Peterson went right back to him. Who does that sound like? Whose influence is that right there? That sounds like vintage Andy Reid, Andy Reid 101 to me. Thought that was really interesting. We didn't talk about Travis Etienne either. I think that could be a problem for the Chiefs, but we will get to that. Right now, I've got the return of Hot Take Kingdom for you. If you're ready for Ooh. it. Oh, dude, I was born ready for this. Come on, baby. Hot take kingdom. I, I know. It's been a minute, man. 
This week's Hot Take Kingdom is Rasheed Rice will break Andy Reid's tradition of bringing wideouts along slowly because this offense desperately needs his skill set. Welcome to the kingdom. So, kind of surprising numbers, but among all receivers last week in week one, Rasheed Rice was seventh in PFF grade and 17th in yards per out run at 2.42. Small sample size, definitely, but encouraging nonetheless. When he got out there, he made an impact. So what made Juju Smith-Schuster and Sammy Watkins such natural fits for this offense? I think they had an, uh, an innate feel for how to bust zones, for how to get open, and especially in kind of those buy one, get one plays where the first play breaks down and Patrick Mahomes just kind of starts over from scratch. You know, he shakes up the etch-a-sketch and just pulls something out of his ass. Those players were tailor-made for those situations. And I think Rasheed Rice has that because he's immediately flashed the ability to find holes in coverage. You know, he finds, finds those holes, he sits down, and he racks up yak. He had more yards after the catch than any receiver in the preseason uh, I think that was noteworthy, even though, you know, he got a lot of burn in the preseason. Still, you know, the entire league, he had the most yards after the catch. That is that is something. So last season, we've said this before, but it's worth reminding everybody, he was first in all of college in yards per route run versus the zone. He was second in yards per route run out of the slot, trailing only Quentin Johnston. So you contrast that to both Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. Uh, now, shouldn't give up on those young fellows yet. Uh, from playing fantasy, we all know there's a lot of week one overreactions. And that, again, small sample size. But they struggled with this concept versus the Lions. They, they would get impatient or they would drift. It just was very sloppy. They didn't seem to have that really, that, that feel for coverages that Rasheed Rice seems to have. So when Rasheed first came out, when Rice first came out, I labeled him as a power slot, an upgraded Juju clone with a little bit more burst. If you actually compare some of their production and measurables from college, they kind of look similar. Um, but then it seemed like Moore, and this is why you and I have a bet, it seemed like Moore won that, co- uh, that coveted slot position, right? And that's the position where Juju played last season and racked up almost a thousand yards. I think if you adjust for him missing two games due to health, he would have had a thousand yards. So you kind of extrapolate that out with more with a healthy more for a season. You think, well, he's going to pick up right where Juju left off, but not so fast because in week one, Rice played 91.7% of his snaps in the slot. I looked that up today. I was kind of surprised by that. And this number was even more surprising. Moore played just, 48.4% of his snaps in the slot. So maybe Sky Moore didn't win that slot role. Maybe they're still, uh, I think one of the reasons Andy Reid played seven receivers and had this game of musical chairs going on uh, was because he just didn't get a long enough look in the preseason. And he needed an extended audition to figure out what his rotation is actually going to be. Now, last week, Rice received a target on 42% of his routes. Compare that to Sky Moore at 10% 
Skymore is running a lot of what we call come empty. On. Hey, come on. What do you, what do you mean? Come on. Let's be real here because just some pushback here for you. Sure. Sure. Skymore had 45 snaps. Rasheed right. Rice had 20. So of course, if you get targeted in a, those smaller numbers are going to make a much larger number just based on how math and division works. I think it's a little unfair because Sky Moore, a lot of those times, he was out there because he is a starter. Rasheed Rice, on some of those plays, he was the guy. He was in there because they knew he was the first or second option. Sky Moore, a lot of times, he he's in there blocking. Rasheed Rice, I don't think, was tasked to do that as much as Sky was. There's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. But also, any time Rasheed was in the game, I mean, he ran 12 routes. And five of those times... Mahomes, I don't know if it's Mahomes looking for him or, or redesigning the play, but there was there was um, an initiative to get Rasheed Rice the ball that there didn't seem to be with Sky Moore. There just seems to be some natural chemistry from Patrick and that player, and maybe that's why when they worked out together down in in Texas, the report from Patrick back to the brain trust was, "I love this kid." You know, if we can get him on the squad, I'd, I'd be a huge fan of that. Uh, and he is limited to several packages at the moment, but it just, again, it seems like when he was in the game, half the time he was in the game, Mahomes or Reed were looking to put the ball in his hands and really on a night where nobody else could get anything going. And after the first half he had, I was surprised that they just kind of completely went away from the kid. That, that was a little shocking to me because Sky Moore just seemed to be feeling the pressure it was weird because Sky Moore, his profile isn't like he has trouble separating. He was a separator coming out of college. He was a separator at times last year. We all remember him kind of famously burning, at least famously for Chiefs fans, burning Derwin James. But it seemed like he couldn't get open to save his life. And then, you know, Kadarius Tony, uh, just who knows where his head was. And even Richie James, there was one mesh play where – you know, Richie James and, and Kadarius Tony are both kind of kind of running in routes and they're supposed to just kind of, you know, rub. And um, Richie James ran his too high. He kind of ran a sloppy route and Kadarius uh, got confused and you had an incompletion. So I just wonder if Rice kind of figures out these option routes and he has a knack for sitting down and busting zones and can do some of the things these other guys just – haven't had the the aptitude for if his snaps are just going to go up every single week. That's my case. Sterling, you've heard it. Are you coming into the kingdom to join us? Remember, remember we have barbecue or, <laughs> or, and, and Hey, we'll let you pick whatever, whatever brand of barbecue you want. Uh, but either that or you're staying outside the castle walls and we might catapult some stuff at you if you do. Uh, Richard likes to, uh, likes to point out in the chat right there. He says, there's also cigars in there. So that, that actually is going to be swaying me a lot right now. If, if there's bourbon and cigars, uh, there's a good chance I am going to be there. I don't know if I can make that case though with you as much as I would like to agree with you. And a lot of the things you brought up as far as Rasheed Rice being good against the zone, that should be a huge thing. Cause Kadarius Tony, guess what? Wasn't Kadarius Tony actually the drops were horrendous. But one play really st stands out to me that wasn't a drop. It was when Jack Campbell actually made that great diving play. 
But Jack Campbell should not have even been in position to make that diving play. Kadarius Tony was wide open. He found the soft spot in the zone, but he kept drifting. And by him drifting, it allowed Jack Campbell to make that play. That's going to be huge. You have to work on that instead of trying to get trolling with, with the Giants fans. Maybe work on finding the soft spots. Maybe do some film reviews instead of trying to uh, clap back at Giants fans, a team that you no longer play for. That, to me, was completely bizarre. Especially off the game he had. You figured he would have been the last football player in America who wanted to run his mouth during week one. I, it was just so incredibly bizarre and weird to me that he he did that. But, but in regards to Rasheed Rice, I don't know if I can get there just because it is Andy Reid. Until I see it with Andy, I don't know if I can uh, I can believe it. We know the struggles on third and one and fourth and one and the consistent nature of him going back to the Blake Bell sneaks. They don't work, but he keeps doing it. Well, he doesn't play a lot of rookies at wide receiver specifically, so why would I all of a sudden believe now he will? There are seven guys on this team. I, I would probably believe that Richie James might get a, a larger opportunity even before Rasheed Rice, not saying he deserves it, but I'm saying it's a legitimate possibility. Uh, I'm out on this one, although I'm not saying I don't believe in Rasheed Rice. I'm not saying he won't have some decent-sized games as well. I, I think they're going to be working on how is this breakdown of seven wide receivers going to go game in and game out. What I personally believe the Chiefs should do is only have six at a max six app and, uh, active on game day. Okay. You have your 53 and then your 46 active game day roster having all seven. You can't get into a rhythm going down the snap counts right now, just to break this down for everyone. 65 was the amount of offensive snaps for Kansas city. Skymore led wide receivers with 45 MVS second at 41 Richie James third at 23. Justin Watson had 19 Rasheed Rice had 20 and then Kadarius Tony had 16 just Justin Ross, six. Outside of MVS and um, Sky Moore, you really couldn't get into a good rhythm here. So just how running backs, they like to be the guy because you might have a couple of carries go for two yards, but you're getting into a rhythm. You're getting your legs underneath you. I think the same thing needs, needs to be happening at wide receiver. Keep six. Hell, maybe only keep five on the active game day roster, but use those five, those six. Let them get into a rhythm. So for this reason, because he's a rookie, the only reason I'm out on this. So I'd prefer that we only use four and maybe seldom, seldomly five. One of the reasons why I'm in on this, normally I think Andy Reid would be very reluctant to force in a rookie, but he no longer has Juju Smith-Schuster. He no longer has McCall Hardman. If you look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Justin Watson, they are eerily similar players. They are almost redundancies out there, in my opinion. Oh, I, I've said that time and time again. I, I keep bringing up last year when the snap count of MVS went up, Justin Watson's went down and vice versa. Uh, I, I'm with you. So you look at that and you say, well, outside of those two redundant assets who are dependable but limited, these other guys are young too. It's not like Kadarius Tony isn't pretty new to the system and a young receiver. Sky Moore is like 22 years old. Uh, Justin Ross, very young. So out of necessity, he may just have to pick the most ready of these guys. And perhaps Rasheed Rice, who is actually older than Sky Moore, is, is the most ready from this group. Uh, I'm not ready to like guarantee that yet, but we saw a little hint of something that could become a pattern. I wanted to put it on everybody's radar. I was very encouraged with his ability to get open because one of the things we worried about I think people that were kind of Rasheed Rice doubters didn't think he would be able to separate and get open in the pros, uh, you know, kind of like a 
uh, a John Baldwin or something. I know that's kind of a, a dirty, dirty name around here, but uh, encouraging signs from Rice. I'm a little sad that you're not joining me in the kingdom, but we will try again next week and maybe we can find a little bit more harmony in our next segment. It's one of our favorites, the crowd-pleasing Casey stock market. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Fairy dust. Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. <laughs> so, Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey were at practice today. I don't know if you saw the clip. A few people have shared it, but Travis Kelsey saw Chris Jones on the on the practice field and apparently his eyes lit up and he ran over and jumped up, you know, to kind of kind of do the bump with him and they were hugging each other. It was very wholesome content, really warmed my heart. But his knee, you know, his knee didn't look too bad if he's running over there and jumping on Chris Jones. So I'm going to say they both play on Sunday and are also difference makers in that game, even if they don't play a full complement of snaps, pump or dump. Dumping. I think they both play Sunday, but I don't think they're both massive difference makers on Sunday. I'm still believing it's going to take a ramp up period for Chris Jones. Again, I know folks are going to be upset with him for the holdout for missing a game, but I keep trying to say it's a sunk cost at this point. You can't go back in time. You can't go back in time and have him work through training camp, have him go through the preseason games and have him play in week one. So he's going to have a ramping up period. I think he'll be fine. I understand the the uh, struggles of the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line. I love Chris Jones. He's going to be great this year. But I'm trying to tamper expectations, at least for his first game back. That's the reason why I'm dumping. With Travis Kelsey as well, I think we're probably going to see a lot of Noah Gray. What actually gets me really excited if Travis Kelsey is back in this game, believe it or not, is Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray out of 12 personnel. You saw how effective they were in 12 and actually in 13 personnel against Detroit. That was actually when the offense was humming the best. Uh, For me, they actually had the best play of the game when they were running 13 personnel. And it was Justin Watson, the the only wide receiver and I go oh great this is going to be a, a great play here it was Justin Watson actually drew a great defensive pass interference call great play call I think you'll see some 12 and 13 personnel but with Travis Kelsey being that eye candy yeah what I love about the Chiefs and 13 personnel is most teams they get into 13 personnel hell even 12 and they're seeing some stacked boxes teams will just not stack the boxes against the Chiefs so uh, you know, the Chiefs can go ahead and pass out of that, and they've been lethal passing out of that formation, but they've also been very good running the ball out of out of those formations, um, those packages. I'm gonna do a lazy pump here, a lazy pump, because <laughs> I think uh I think Travis Kelsey is gonna hit the ground running. He had a he had a full camp. We've seen him be a warrior and play through injuries many times before. Chris Jones, he does look trim and slim, he looks ready to go. But being in really good physical shape, even kind of conditioning yourself with football in mind and getting out there in a a helmet and pads and slamming into other 300-pound dudes, there's just no way to simulate that. He's going to have to get some reps in when live bullets are flying. I just don't think he's going to, you know, rampage out there on Sunday. Maybe what they they should do is just kind of have him be – uh, bring him in, in from the bullpen, you know, third down, uh, have him kind of be a pass rush specialist until he gets gets his legs under him, his football legs under him. 
Yeah, I, I was talking to uh, former chief uh, Nick Lowry, and that was his thought process. Talked to him yesterday, and he was saying maybe Chris Jones only on, only on second and third downs. You know, uh, let him do what he does best, which is get after the quarterback. Let him try and get his legs underneath him, ease him back in. But you can still use him on those ever-pressing, ever-important, obvious passing down situations. The Cowboys do it with Micah Parsons all the time. Right. Yeah. They, they ease him into the game. They let him they, they kind of feel out the opposing team. They use him when they know he can make a big impact, a big splash play. I wouldn't mind seeing the Chiefs use Chris Jones like that in this one. So our old friend, rookie Anton Harrison, who many Chiefs wanted, is now a starting tackle for the Jaguars. I wouldn't mind them putting Chris Jones out there on a pivotal third down like they did in the AFC uh, championship game against Hakeem Adinajay and sort of testing if the rookie is ready for that level of competition. Our next one, Andy Reid will intentionally get the ball to both Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore super early in an attempt to restore their shaken confidence. Pump or dump? Huge pump. It's a massive pump right here, okay? They're going to probably have the first play of the game, a little bubble screen to Kadarius Tony. Maybe a little end around, but instead of the handoff, it's the Mahomes pop passing forward. I, I think they're going to try everything possible to try and restore Kadarius Tony's uh, confidence. They need him. I mean, they do. He, he's the most electric wide receiver they have. We know this. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think for sure a big part of his game plan will be trying to restore the confidence of these two guys. Uh, whether you think it's the right way of going about this if it's the, if it's the, if the wrong, uh, wrong way if you think that they need to sit on the bench a little bit and play more Rashi and Justin Ross what we have seen from Andy Reid in the past he tries to restore the confidence of these guys if I could bet on the first play of the game being a pass to Kadarius Tony, I would put a lot of money on it yeah it seems very Andy Reid like and we hinted at this earlier when we talked about Doug Peterson doing the same thing with Tank Bigsby down there in Jacksonville I think with young players with somewhat fragile psyches their their idea of what they are in the pros isn't established yet like we don't really know what Kadarius Tony is we don't really know what Sky Moore is that's true for them as well you know they're not they're not really on solid footing there uh, I think immediately they will get the ball to Kadarius Tony and I also think Sky Moore in that in that first I don't know 10 15 scripted plays he will be part of the agenda there uh, I am also giving that a pretty healthy pump. Uh, the Chiefs simply cannot start 0-2 in a loaded AFC, so this matchup against the Jags is a must-win game. Pump or dump? I'm dumping. You know, I've seen this team drop a game to the lowly Colts last year who were just a mess uh, in week three. I've seen this team go six start 6-4 six and four in their first Super Bowl run. Uh, two years ago, they started 3-4. and four. And everyone thought, is Mahomes broken? Is this the end for Kansas City? And they went on a huge streak and were seconds away from another Super Bowl trip. So until they are getting to the point where mathematically the odds are starting to look long, I'm just not going to panic. I've seen them go through this and drop games that they shouldn't, you know, just I don't know what it is. I think in this particular instance, it was not having two superstars. And having to, not only that, but Travis Kelsey got hurt on the last play of practice. They didn't really have the reps to kind of sort out what a non-Travis Kelsey Chiefs offense would look like. I think that was very tough for them. Are we making excuses? Absolutely. But I think they are valid. And there's just no reason to panic 
after week one when we've seen this team figure it out time and time again. And also, it's not like we haven't seen them evolve and and play differently when teams start to figure things out that work against the Chiefs. So yeah, I'm I'm dumping here. Get the plunger out because this is the biggest dump I will ever give on this show. I absolutely hate the moniker must win game when it's the freaking second game of the season. I hate when people say it's a must win game and it's week eight. The must win game only applies when it's a bleeping must win game. It's one of my favorite, most over or my least favorite overused tropes in all of sports. It's like when people say he has a chip on his shoulder. Earmuffs kids fucking hate it. Pisses me off. So obnoxious. Stop it. Come on. Grow up, everyone. Find something new to use. I know I've said it before. And every time I said, I look back and try and kick myself saying, Sterling, you're a buffoon. Okay. That's stupid. Have better analysis. I hate, 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 hate. When people say must win games, when it's clearly not a must win game. I get the AFC's deep. I get all this stuff. The Chiefs are okay. You broke it down. The Chiefs have started off two and two, four and three. They've won Super Bowls when they've started off slow. Um, the Patriots, how many years did every single time or every single season they would start off two and three, three and three? You'd go to the national media and they would all say, Are they done? Is Tom Brady washed up? Are the Patriots dynasty? Is it over? And then they would win the bleeping Super Bowl. So calm down in honor of Aaron Rodgers, because I feel bad for the dude. R-E-L-A-X. It's going to be okay. Well, and remember, the Patriots themselves lost to the Chiefs. Didn't they lose to the Chiefs on Monday Night Football on a banner night? And that I think that was the famous week where Bill Belichick said, on the Cincinnati, and the media kind of did a post-mortem and you know, they weren't dead for like another four or five years. They won more Super Bowls. They went to the Super Bowl that year. Right. They, they, right. Went, they lost to, that was the year they lost to the Eagles, correct? They beat I Atlanta. Believe, I, I believe 20, so. That was 28-3 the year before. That was the year they came back against the Falcons, I believe. And that was when the Kareem Hunt came in and did his thing. And then uh, they lost in the Super Bowl, I thought, to the Eagles the following season. Sounds right to me. But I, I agree with you. And part of the reason I put this in is, you're hearing a lot of this must win talk and I know it's a trigger for you and you did not disappoint. You really brought the goods there, but I also think it's ridiculous. Uh, why would anybody, why would anybody ever count this team out with what we've seen, no matter how slow they start? Cause they're hot take artists because yeah. they're not serious people. Cause they're trying to get a rise. They're trying to get views and it makes me irate. I get livid when I see people who would just jump off the bandwagon who are trying to make a hot take, uh, not hot take kingdom, but a hot take for the sake of making a hot take with no actual factual uh, numbers to back it up. They just want to get a rise out of people. They're trolls. Don't listen to them. The chiefs are going to be okay. Yeah. With hot take kingdom, what we're trying to do is kind of go out on the ledge and and push something that might not be true yet, but we think could be. You know, the original first hot take kingdom was Chris Jones is a top seven defensive player. And lo and behold, he he was. So that's kind of what we're doing. And we're trying to throw some facts out there to maybe point toward a bigger trend or a trend that hasn't materialized right now. But I think what you're seeing is Chiefs boredom syndrome and the, you know the media just is going to pounce on that any chance they get. I mean, I bet they're kind of frustrated that the Bills and Bengals also lost because they can't really crown the new. The Dolphins aren't ready to be crowned. I mean, I was really impressed with what they did versus the Chargers. Not very impressed with Brandon Staley's defense, but 
I was very impressed with Miami, but I, I, I agree. It's just, it's just, um, yeah, we know what it is. Uh, final pumper dump. The KC defense has recently struggled against explosive running backs. That's why Travis Etienne will have over a hundred all-purpose yards. Pumper dump. Reluctantly, I'm going to pump here. They were, I said this, I, I believe last week, they were last in the NFL, um, worse than the NFL last year, allowing 107 receptions to running backs. Jameer Gibbs, I was wondering why the Lions didn't use Jameer Gibbs more last week. He looked very dynamic. And the counter I would like to see from the Chiefs, because there's one play in particular where Drew Tranquil looked like a missile, just screaming at, you know, down the field, chasing down Jameer Gibbs, who is a very fast, very electric player. I was super impressed with his athleticism. I think we have to see more Drew, uh, Drew Tranquil. 13 snaps for me. I know it's his first game. Hopefully, they're just kind of like uh, letting him dip his toes in the water and slowly get his feet wet. And then, and then they're going to immerse him more in the defensive game plans because I think he is the solution to where this linebacking room really struggles. And that is defending the pass. And even though Nick Bolton has made uh, strides there, significant strides defending the pass, I just don't think any of those three guys are built like Drew Tranquil. He's an ex-safety. He just, this was what he was brought in to do. I hope we see more of him. But Travis Etienne, I believe he had the second most touches uh, of any running back last week to Christian McCaffrey. He looked very explosive. He had five receptions. Uh, He was a really good player coming out of college. He and Trevor Lawrence uh, obviously have chemistry that dates back many years at this point. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game, but I think this is the guy that they're going to have the hardest time with. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And I see John F's Wacky World saying Trinkle played, what, 13 snaps or such. Yeah, it was 13 snaps. I was shocked by that. I mean, I, if you guys listen to the pregame show, I was talking about how I thought Drew Tranquil might be the player to watch on the defense for Kansas City. Well, he didn't play much. The Chiefs linebackers played very well, in my opinion, overall in totality. I thought they, they did a nice job, but it wasn't necessarily Drew Tranquil. It was um, kind of a combination of everyone out there getting it done. Uh, I do think ETN goes over 100 yards, so I'll do a pump here. I don't think he kills the Chiefs, so this will be more of a slight pump here. But I do think he goes over 100 all-purpose yards because, quite frankly, I think he does that in almost every single game this season. He's very, very good catching the ball running the ball. If he gets 18 carries, he had 17 carries last week. Let's say he gets he gets 15 or 20 carries at 70 yards if you have an average game at best. Like if you just have just an average game, you're going anywhere from what, 65 to 80 yards. And then he's going to have what, four or five receptions for probably 25 to 30 yards at a minimum. He had 27 receiving yards on five catches last week. So yeah, just based on the numbers, how I think they will use him. I think he goes over a hundred all-purpose yards, but I don't think he absolutely just crushes the Chiefs. I don't think we look back at this game and say, man, if only the Chiefs would have stopped ETN, they would have won. I think the thing we're going to have to prevent is explosives, right? He was one of the leaders last year along with Kenneth Walker and some other guys uh, in breakaway run rate. So you have to bottle him up. If he gets in space and gets a full head of steam, he's going to be gone. He's the kind of guy that can rip off a a 60, 70 yard run. And that can be uh, just a, or, or catch. You know, I I always go back to that uh, Aaron Jones, 70 yard touchdown. Maybe it was because I was at that game, but uh, those can just be huge backbreakers. Um, so I think that's going to be priority number one, but priority number two for me would be stopping Calvin Ridley because if you remember 
I guess it would have been the COVID year. Uh, Atlanta was the last, was that the last game of the season where Calvin Ridley was just eating, was just terrorizing the Chiefs defense. And it was a game that was way closer than it should have been against a bad Atlanta Falcons team back there in 2020. Uh, and he was just getting open at will. I know it's a different secondary, but it's the same same defensive coordinator, right? I get that. I'm just not as worried with, with Calvin Ridley as, as some people are. I think he's a really, really good player. I think Christian Kirk uh, or Evan Ingram, I think over the middle, I know the Chiefs are trying to shore up linebacker with bringing in Drew Tranquil and obviously Willie Gay Jr. Both were top 15 last year in PFF's past coverage linebacker rankings. That is huge, but I still need to see more. Um, I love Nick Bolton, but that's obviously his main liability is pass coverage. So I'm a little nervous with someone as fast as Evan Ingram. He's one of the fastest, if not the fastest tight ends in football. Uh, Sure. I, I mean, I, they are going to use him as a weapon. So I'm really intrigued to see how they line up Evan Ingram, even someone like Chamari Connor. I love Chamari Connor. I don't know how much he's going to play in this game, but that's a tough task if you want to put Chamari Connor, if they run three safeties out there, and it's Chamari's task to, to go up against Evan Ingram. Chamari ran a four-five-seven. I love Chamari Connor, but that's going to be tough to keep up with a big, physical, and extremely fast tight end in Evan Ingram. That might be the matchup I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I think Doug Peterson was pretty brilliant when he looked at Evan Ingram and said, hey, they don't ask Darren Waller to block, really. Travis Kelsey doesn't have to block that much. This guy is a, a, a nightmare matchup. He's a mismatch for most corners and safeties because of this combination of size and speed. So they're just saying, Evan Ingram, you couldn't block you know, a four-year-old, we're not going to ask you to. We're just going to ask you to be an elite weapon, which is what you are. Uh, he's a little bit of a knucklehead, but he seems to have turned it around there in Jacksonville. I'm a little bit worried about him too. They've just got a good fleet of weapons that seems to uh, be very cohesive. They had a plan there. You know, they all fit together. Maybe they were that island of misfit toys, but they all fit together very neatly. What's your prediction for the game? Yeah, I like the Chiefs in this one, just coming off of a loss. Obviously, Andy Reid has 10 days to prepare. I think last week was a little bit of a misnomer when you talk about he had all this time to prepare. A lot of that was planning for Travis Kelsey, the main focal point of that offense. No excuses. The Chiefs lost. The Chiefs lost. You don't make excuses, right? You don't. And by the way, you can still win without guys. Uh, hell, the Eagles won the Super, Bowl, the Super Bowl with Nick Foles at quarterback when Carson Wentz went down. I know Carson Wentz is no, uh, no great QB be now but that season he was outstanding he was the driving force behind that team they got it done so no excuses for injuries no one wants to hear it every team has injuries so the Chiefs need to bounce back I think they do bounce back Um, I like the Chiefs in this one I don't think it's quite as high scoring uh, as maybe a lot of folks think it will be. I still think the Chiefs defense is actually going to be legitimately good this year, especially with Chris Jones back. I don't care how much he plays. Last year or last week was a huge positive for me from what I saw with the defense. And I do think the Chiefs wide receivers still are going to have some growing pains. It's not going to all be fixed in one week. Some of those uh, going into you know, shifting into the linebackers and zone coverage, not finding the soft spots. Mahomes, um, maybe not looking Sky Moore's way at times. I think you might still see a few struggles. So I'm going to say the Chiefs win a little closer, lower scoring game. I'll go 24-20. That's the exact score I was going to predict. So I will go with that too. Yeah, you know what I think is going to be very interesting is Trevor Lawrence. This is a big stage for him. And Joe Burrow had one of the worst games you'll ever see. Not just for him, for anybody. And Josh Allen dropped really, I mean, there was a point where Josh Allen was being talked about as the one B 
to Mahomes. That that time has has come and passed, and maybe a lot of it is because Brian Dable isn't there to kind of rein him in. But it will be interesting, like Jordan said, to see if Trevor Lawrence can keep ascending up the ladder, you know, up the superstar quarterback ladder. Because really, as a prospect, he might have been the best one since coming out since Andrew Luck, mm. Peyton Manning. I mean, he was pretty much the guy from the get-go. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to pose a fun question to everyone in the chat. Everyone who wants to comment after this on the audio version, you can send it to me at HomestretchKC. You can send it to at Arrowhead underscore Adam or just to Arrowhead Adam. I think this is a pretty fun one. Thought of this one today and uh, I want to pose it here. Do you think you'd have a better chance in a full season? Let's take injuries out of the equation here for a second. You have a full season. Would you think you could get after the quarterback and get a sack? one time in a full season, or can you have one win trying to be a tackle in the NFL? You get to have one win, not just get just completely blown up. I think obviously the answer is neither, but which one do you have the better better opportunity? God, I played defense briefly in college. So I guess I'll go with that. You know, just maybe, <laughs> maybe hope that I, that there's a blown a blown uh, assignment or something from the offensive lineman and I can just kind of sneak in and, and uh, maybe there'll be some simulated pressure that just lets me go unblocked. That, that would be my hope because yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be an offensive lineman. I, I, like, I know it's only one win, but a picture is like Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not winning one time against that guy. No. I'm not winning one time against anyone in the NFL as a tackle. And then no. trying to get up to the quarterback, you could give me a free rush of Lamar Jackson. You think I'm bringing that guy down? No chance. I'm getting ju- I'm breaking every bone in my body. Every every ligament is getting torn. What about Anthony Richardson? I mean, he, <laughs> he, he's he's like the best athlete in the field, field and he's he's a tank. He's kind of like if you put uh, if you a fusion of Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton, he's just impossible to sack. I love this angry drunken German says, "Nope, my fat ass is five seven. You kidding me?" Uh, optimistic James says one win at left tackle. He's got that one in him. Mile high. Luke says being a tackle for sure. Played center at Emporia state back in the day though. He's got some chops then you, you, you can hey, probably get one. That's where I played. Uh, oh, this is fun, that's, man. That's crazy. That was a em- fun question. Emporia state represents. Yeah. I don't think I'm getting a win, you know, at this point I'm, I'm pretty old. So I, I really, I hate to break it to you guys. I don't think any of us are getting a win. These guys, even the guys that we kind of clown on that, that are kind of bad are the best in the world at what they do. Dog, you, you think I'm stopping Malik Herring or Joshua Kando? They can't make the Chiefs roster and I and no chance I'm blocking those guys. No. <laughs> None. Yeah, I no. go, can, can, bump a brief, a good point. Maybe some chips can help. Can we use Jerick McKinnon? You know, maybe I do the Orlando Brown Jr. Olay and we have Jerick McKinnon come help out. If that's the case, then maybe I go that route. Hey, if you've got Joe Tooney on your right (laughs) and Jerick McKinnon uh, with all that dog in him chipping on the left, maybe, maybe you're not on an island. You've got, if you got that much help and and also Andy Reid's, Andy Reid's scheme. Can we get a little help from Noah Gray maybe in motion? Yeah. Yeah. Give me all the assistance. I can't, but imagine Miles Garrett, like trying to block Miles Garrett. Just nope. I'm running. I'm running away. My my best bet is I I'm like a, it's like a bull. I'm gonna wear all red. So when the Chiefs wear all red, I'll just hopefully try and piss him off. You know, and it'll be like a like a bull. 
you know, I'm, uh, but I'm the, the red flag. Stacy's got a question for us. Fourth and six, Super Bowl on the line. Could you dial up a play that wins the game? That is much more realistic for us <laughs> Joe regulars. I mean, uh, if I had, you know, if I had time to, to come up with a playbook and really think about it, maybe if, if I just got like, you know, thrown out there from the stands and had just a minute to think about it, probably not. Oh, I know what I'd do. What would you do? I would say Mahomes, do whatever you want. That's the play. I wouldn't even draw anything. I'd say, Mahomes, go out there. I trust you. Yeah, just do something with Travis or something out there. What about uh, the hook and ladder with Travis? <laughs> Travis has been looking for that, man. I, I think the hook and ladder is an underutilized play in the pros. It's uh, one of my hobby horses, I think. I or, asked Dan Marino, you know what one play that he made famous that I wish they would bring back? The fake spike. Yeah. Bring the fake spike back. I looked it up. There is, it's, it's still legal. You can still do the fake spike. You can't fake a spike, then go to throw, and then fake a spike again. That's illegal. But you can still do a fake spike. So you can't and, do a double a double fake spike. Correct. Yes. If you once once you start dropping back, you can't then spike. Obviously, you can't fake spike, drop back to pass, and fake spike again. That still counts as a play. Uh, that'd be intentional grounding. Uh, and then I looked it up. You can still do the fake spike. So let's bring that back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And this, my other alternate hot take kingdom today was going to be that uh, Andy Reid and and his fourth down decisions, you know, his conservative fourth down decisions. I'm going to wait to see how that goes. But that might be uh, a future hot take kingdom. That does it for today's show, guys. Big props to the chat. We appreciate you. Before you roll out, do us a favor by liking this video and subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. And if you're an audio listener on Apple Podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating that helps us reach more people, more fans. We will be back next Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Central right here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. Until then, go Chiefs. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.